You're listening to the UAMS AgeWise podcast, the show that brings you beneficial information about healthy aging, caregiving, and so much more. Every episode, we share the latest information about geriatric topics and have some fun along the way. Before we get started, we want to make sure that everyone understands this is an educational and conversational event. We are not giving medical advice. A natural disaster or emergency can force you to make important decisions and on short notice. It's important that older adults or those who care for them are prepared for these situations. On today's episode, listen to ADEC Education Coordinator Laura Stilwell's discussion with THV11 meteorologist Scott Covert to get helpful tips. Today's topic is emergency preparedness and Scott Covert from Channel 11 has graciously agreed to talk to us about this topic, which I think is one of your favorite things. Hey, uh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here this afternoon. It is. Uh, I actually got into meteorology as a result of emergency management. That was pretty much the gateway is emergency preparedness, planning, uh, and response. I could talk about planning for emergencies all day long. Uh, one of my favorite topics, uh, of course, severe weather, but uh, as we'll discuss today, it's not just weather that we have to prepare for. There's a whole litany of other hazards to, to consider as well. Well, that is great because, Scott, many of us are familiar with you from watching you in the mornings on Channel 11 and watching you help us stay safe in the ice storms and tornadoes. So we are anxious to hear what you have to tell us about today. Sure, uh, and, and I'm happy to answer any questions along the way, so you just uh, hop right in if, if you think of something. A little what the definition of emergency preparedness is. This is a big one, so let's go a little bit slower through this. According to the Department of Homeland Security and FEMA, they define emergency preparedness as a continuous, emphasis on continuous cycle of planning, organizing, training, equipping, exercising, evaluating, and taking corrective action in an effort to ensure effective coordination during incident response. Boy, that is a serious government definition, right? That is a mouthful. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what that actually means. We're going to come back to this definition uh, at the end of our, our time together, and we'll revisit some of that. The key element I want to point out to you is that it's continuous. This isn't a discussion that can take place today and we're done. It's something that has to be ongoing. It's, it's an always evolving effort. So a, a few specific considerations that we want to consider on the outset uh, are how to receive uh, and, and get warnings, notifications. Of course, when you hear me say warnings, Lori, you probably think uh, tornado warnings or, or watches. And, and yes, that is certainly true. Uh, but there are other uh, warnings that may come. Uh, for instance, you could have a hazmat spill uh, locally, and your local emergency management is going to be the one to issue evacuation orders, uh, or uh, maybe there's some air quality concerns that often is the case, especially for, for seniors and, and older adults uh, with breathing issues. So uh, we want to talk about how to receive those warnings. And a common theme you're going to hear me talk about today is contingencies, always having a backup plan, because inevitably, as much as we can plan for a single issue, uh, something else may happen that we didn't think about. And so having some wide ranging uh, ways to receive those warnings, multiple ways to receive warnings is really important. Uh, medicine, you know, it's something we uh, 
of course, he probably comes to mind pretty quickly. Uh, but life changes. You know, you, you, you may change prescriptions throughout the year, and that's a pretty easy thing to forget about when it comes to your emergency plans. Uh, so another reason to continuously always update your plan, always practice it, uh, is that life changes. Medicine being one of those examples. You might change dosages. You might change uh, prescriptions, or you might change doctors. Uh, maintaining a current list of exact medications, exact dosages, and who the prescribing physician is, is so important. It's easy to forget. Uh, uh, in fact, I'm thinking to myself, I probably need to update my own list. It's been a few weeks, a few months, rather. Uh, you know, your pharmacy is always uh, a good resource as well. Uh, adding some of that information on a piece of paper uh, and tucking it into your emergency kit or, or pairing it with your plan that you're going to develop after today can be really helpful. How many phone numbers do you know? I, I, back when I was in college, I was a 911 dispatcher. Uh, in, in Franklin County, that's Ozark. Uh, you, you not only 911 dispatch, but you also were a jailer. You booked inmates in as they got arrested and you threw them in the slammer. And I can't tell you how many times someone would get arrested and they got that one phone call. But the problem is they didn't know any numbers. They didn't have any phone numbers of their family or their loved ones memorized. That is a good point. With all of us carrying our cell phones, I don't know, hardly any numbers. You're probably not dialing many numbers by memory. So that's on an average day-to-day -day basis. Now let's factor in the emotional and psychological uh, pressure in a disaster or an emergency. It's probably going to be even harder to recall, okay, my, my point of contact, my emergency contact, what's their phone number? It's going to be tough. Uh, so I really recommend having some numbers written down. Uh, and what if the phones go down? Do you have their, do you have their email address? also listed on this spreadsheet, you know, a Rolodex, not something that is commonplace these days. You don't see those on many folks' desks. Uh, I think there's probably some realistic uh, rationale as to why maybe you should consider uh, a Rolodex, kind of an antiquated way of doing things, uh, but you may consider it just in case uh, something happens and, and you don't have your cell phone uh, to go through that contact book. Again, thinking of a backup plan, contingencies, uh, and being prepared for uh, a twist and turn that may come your direction. I was just thinking about, would this be a good time to get one of the books with the alphabet down the side and then you could just keep um, phone numbers, addresses, emails, your password, instead of taped under the bottom side of your desk? Um, is that a, a good choice? I, I think that's theory. an excellent choice, and I actually think if you don't have one, and if you're thinking, well, I should go buy one, of course, they're, they're relatively cheap. Now, I'm actually going to recommend you buy more than one, and we'll talk about why here in a few moments, uh, but, but just tuck that piece of information uh, in the back of your head. So I, we talk about weather, uh, and, and it is the most common cause for an emergency. So uh, there's a reason the first thing coming to your mind right now is probably a tornado or, or an ice storm. Of course, we had some winter weather, a lot of winter weather, actually, the last couple of weeks. And we're yeah. probably not necessarily out of the woods yet. But there are other uh, hazards that actually are pretty commonplace. I never even thought about hazardous material spills. Uh, yeah, so we, we have them often in Arkansas. I'd say about once a month, 
Now, granted, uh, they may happen in a, a less populated area, so you might not hear about it. It might not make the five or six o'clock news, but they do happen and, and they can cause some issues. Uh, for folks in uh, Mayflower, I think about the, in, in Faulkner County, you had the, the oil spill. It's been a few years, 10 or so years ago. Uh, but, you know, these are things that do happen and, and do disrupt our daily life as we know it. Uh, wildfires. It's actually wildfire season in Arkansas right now. Uh, do, do, the humidity is low. It's dry. Trees, grass, fields, generally pretty dead. Most vegetation is. You get some winds. You get one spark or, or, or one bozo who throws a cigarette out the window, and you got some big issues. And, and wildfires, they spread pretty quickly. We turn on the national news, and you see it's, it's often California and Oregon and, and Washington and uh, Utah and the folks out west that deal with them. But it's, we deal with our fair share of grass fires and wildfires here in Arkansas as well. It's not something we're immune to. Uh, we talk about natural disasters, and, of course, that's my favorite topic is natural disasters. But uh, we, we have human issues as well, protests, demonstrations, civil disturbances. Uh, those happen. Those happen in Little Rock. They happen elsewhere as well, and they can cause uh, some some challenges to your daily life, as as good or uh, the the cause may be. It may prevent you from getting out of the house, and that's certainly something to think about. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Laura, in the world we live today, workplace violence is real. We see that. Uh, it's no surprise. We see that on on the news. Bomb threats as well. Uh, suspicious packages, suspicious packages. I can't say that. Uh, structural collapse. Uh, we had the condos in Florida uh, less than a year ago. Um, while the I-40 bridge over the Mississippi River uh, between Arkansas and Tennessee didn't collapse, obviously, it's, it's up, it's there, it had some big issues. It disrupted our daily lives as we know it until they were able to get that back up. Laura, my, ba my bachelor's degree uh, was in emergency management, Arkansas Tech University. I'm a proud wonder boy. And... And for four years, all we talked about were, were disasters, terrorism, and, and there was always this one topic that no one wanted to do a project on. I never wanted to write a paper on because it was unthought of. It was pandemics. Who would have thought that we would have pandemics to deal with? I'll be honest. I, when I was in school and we talked about pandemics and the Spanish flu, I was bored. I was annoyed. Why in the world are we wasting time on this? We need to be talking about terrorism. And we need to be talking about tornadoes. Those happen in Arkansas. Well, here we are, uh, two and a half years into this thing, or about two years into this thing, and uh, we're dealing with infectious diseases and pandemics. And it is disruptive. That changes and disrupts our daily lives, and we have to prepare for it. Tornadoes. Uh, you know, we, we are in tornado season. Uh, I'll tell you, we're watching Sunday night into Monday really closely. Could have some severe weather. We this is a common one. It's, it's always top of mind. It's one of the first things folks think about. It causes destruction. It'll destroy a home. It'll take lives. Uh, but more often than not, tornadoes are relatively isolated geographically. Uh, even a strong tornado, even the most historic tornadoes, only destroy or only impact a pretty small percentage of spatial territory. Uh, with that said, when those situations happen, we can't have communication issues. And I'll tell you, uh, let's just talk about any recent tornado here in Arkansas. Of course, Bologna comes to mind. Um, you know, Bologna did not impact the city of Conway. But for many folks in the city of Conway, their cell phones wouldn't work. 
the cell phone lines were jammed. Uh, and you're probably, most people are statewide watching this unfold, this tragic situation unfold on TV. They're hearing about it on social media. Uh, and they're thinking, my, my loved ones, my friends live in Faulkner County in Conway. And they couldn't get in. And so that can be really alarming to a lot of folks is when you can't talk to someone who you think might be in trouble. Uh, so you, even if that tornado doesn't impact your home, even if it, uh, it, it impacts the neighborhood over or the town over, those communication failures, those outages can cause problems for you. Of course, it takes a while to clean up after these things. It takes a while to get back to normal life. You can't have procurement issues. Uh, what if the local grocery store goes? Uh, what if it's tough to go get to the pharmacy that you've always used your entire life? Do you have that medicine left? with the most up-to-date prescription dosages and prescribing positions. Do you have that list ready to go? Uh, or are you gonna be scrambling when something happens like that? Uh, fuel, of course, uh, problematic if we don't have power, especially. Floods, something uh, we're acutely aware of. In fact, if I were willing to bet, most folks watching right now have been under a flash flood warning, flash flood warning in the last probably 12 months, probably even six months even. Uh, we have these often. Flash floods are quick. They happen quickly. It's a lot of water all at once. Uh, aerial flooding is something that's generally long, gradually building up and, and affects us long term. An example of that, the Arkansas River flooding a few years ago. It impacted uh, river communities along the river all the way from Oklahoma uh, down to Pine Bluff, probably a few uh, miles a bit further towards the east as well. So this is every tributary, every feeder creek, every, there's no place for the water to go. No place for the water to go. Uh, so it goes into your yards, it backs up in ditches, and eventually it starts creeping its way into your house. It's gradual, but a very real thing. And flash floods, believe it or not, are actually the deadliest thunderstorm hazard there is. It takes the lives of more people than tornadoes, it takes the lives of more people than wind or lightning or hail. It's flash flooding. And often especially for, I'll just say it, us men, uh, we underestimate the power of water. We really do. And we think we can drive through it. What we don't realize is there's no road under that water sometimes, or the culvert, or the bridge has been washed away. Uh, so these are just things to think about. As you're making your emergency plan, if I have flash flooding, how many low water bridges do I have to cross over? That's the reason I'm bringing this up today, is so you can start thinking of how this may impact you. And of course, flooding, uh, whether it's flash flood or aerial, can certainly have some prolonged um, displacements uh, to your home. Did I see um, the other night about if it's six inches of water, what it would wash away? If it's 12 inches of water, it would sweep a truck away. If it's 18 inches of water, it would take an 18 wheeler off the road. I think y'all had that on the weather the other night. Uh, that sounds exactly right. Uh, in, in oftentimes it depends on the, the, the force behind that water. Those numbers can change and fluctuate just a bit. One thing I just try to just to convince myself of when I'm, when I'm thinking, Scott, do I, do I ignore everything I've ever been trained to do? Uh, or can I brave getting over this is, uh, we all underestimate the power of water. It's, it's just something. I'm not do. driving into it. <laughs> don't ever drive into it. Turn around don't drown. I know it sounds silly. It's cliche. It's one of those things, but there's so much truth to that. And every year, inevitably, when we hear of a flooding death, uh, it just makes me sad because I think we give so much attention to hurricanes and tornadoes and, and lightning and hail and wind, but really it's the floods that we've become so uh, desensitized to 
yet still takes more lives every year than any other hazard. So the importance of planning, I think, is best summed up by Benjamin Franklin, of all people. If you fail to plan, you're planning to fail. So let me say that again. Think about that. If you fail to plan, if you choose not to, you, in essence, are really just planning to have a really bad day, maybe several consecutive bad days, depending on how bad uh, the emergency is. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what it takes to develop a plan. Oh, good. Let me tell you. Step by step. No, say that again. Step by step. Step by step. The first thing you need to know before we dive into this is it's not a plan unless it's written down. It's just a thought. And thoughts often are fleeting, especially in times of crisis. We have to write this down. First thing you want to do is identify potential emergencies that may impact you. And for often, most of us, it's natural disasters, but obviously we see it can be pandemics. We can, uh, we can see that it can be acts of terror. Uh, two instances in Arkansas, central Arkansas, over the last uh, 72 hours, uh, we saw an individual uh, with an assault rifle in Shannon Hills shooting at people a couple days ago. Uh, lockdowns were uh, enforced until that situation was resolved. Of course, had the manhunt over in the Morgan Maumelle area. Um, I, I, I live less than a mile from where that happened and where he was found. And a couple of days ago, I was sitting on my back porch floor and the sun was shining. The birds were chirping. It was beautiful. And I just thought, wow, this is really great. Like, I love this weather. I'm so happy to be outside on the back porch. I got my dogs. I had no concern in the world. And then something clicked. And I thought, oh, man. Uh, I'm like actually in the area where they're searching for this guy. Maybe I should consider uh, making some adjustments to my day. Uh, so I, I work in emergencies and I work in uh, crisis and even I can forget uh, and, and not be mindful. So you need a potential list of things that may impact you. I said it again and I'm saying, or I said it before and I'm going to say it again because I really believe in it. And anytime you've ever heard me on TV talk about severe weather, you've heard me say this, and you'll hear me say it till the day I die. You have to have multiple methods of receiving warnings. Um, NOAA weather radios are great, but sometimes they fail. Last year, someone stole copper wire uh, from the National Weather Service out of the weather radio transmitter. It was down for weeks during severe weather season. Sometimes these cell phone apps, as great as they can be, sometimes they fail. Uh, don't rely on one single way to receive warnings. Tornado sirens, they fail all the time. They're not designed to be heard inside anyways, uh, but they fail all the time. And in some communities, they mean something different than they do a, a county over. Have multiple ways to be alerted. Will, I have a question really quick that, that okay. just kind of came to my mind. You know, the apps on our phones, will they alert for um, like a chemical spill or will they alert for, I know they do Amber Alerts, but will they alert for different types of situations besides just weather? That is a great question. Uh, I couldn't have planted a better question than that. Yes and no. It's very uncharted right now with those WEA alerts, W-E-A, Wireless Emergency Alerts. Uh, a local jurisdiction can request state authorities to, to issue one. Doesn't happen often, it's not common practice yet, and there's this big debate about whether or not we can uh, bug people and send things that they don't want sent to their phones. 
um, but it's becoming more and more commonplace. Uh, so I do suspect that trend will continue and we will get those alerts. Right now, most phones uh, automatically send tornado warnings, flash flood warnings, and uh, uh, Amber Alerts, child abduction alerts. You can turn those off. Uh, I would never advise you to do that. Let me assure you, as, as a person who goes to bed at 6 p.m. every night and wakes up early, I don't like to be disrupted when I'm sleeping. Nothing's more annoying than waking up to that flash flood alert, but you get over it because it's good to know that you're getting them just in case. They're obnoxious. They wake you up. They scare you, uh, but they're really, really important. Uh, so really good question. Uh, when you're developing your plan, you're going to go back to bullet point number two, and you're going to look at, okay, these are the types of emergencies I myself could face. But there's a good chance the first emergency you're going to have, the first time you pull out that plan that you're thinking about right now, it's going to be for something you didn't even think about. And that's just the nature of emergency management. You have to be flexible. You have to have an idea, a wide-ranging idea of what could happen and be ready to pivot if necessary. Uh, if it, you just, it's just more of a mindset than anything and being willing to adjust on the fly uh, is, is key. The good news is most emergency prepping and most planning uh, is pretty all-encompassing for, for most types of disasters. Uh, of course, you can get into some intricacies, uh, but for the most part, most of your planning is going to be universal across the board. Uh, you talk about making a plan. Often folks first think about supplies, and that's good. That it really is a good starting place. But when we talk about supplies, let's be really mindful and, and, and deliberate in what we're doing. You can go to the internet. You can probably go to a department store or a box store and buy a, a, a pre-assorted emergency kit. Great place to start. But what I want to encourage you to do is create a supply list that's unique to you. Uh, and think about that as your inventory. And I would highly recommend at least once a year going through that inventory and saying, okay, what's expired? Uh, what do I not need anymore? Or two, what a, did, did I dip into my emergency battery supply because the clicker, TV clicker remote died and I didn't have any others and you forgot to replace them? It's just a good opportunity to go back and make sure you got those batteries when the time comes. It's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget that, oh, I, I used that Band-Aid and uh, that first aid kit. And I never put it back. And uh, you'll remember when the time comes. And unfortunately, it could be uh, too late. So maybe we need to stay out of our emergency kit if it's not an emergency. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. That, I, I highly advise that. Uh, it's easier said than done, especially when, you know, all you want to do is watch Survivor and it's, Five minutes till the program starts and your clicker doesn't work. Uh, just be mindful. Vital documents. This is something that, gosh, I'm, it's not easy because, of course, you don't want a whole bunch of copies of your Social Security card and your birth certificate floating around. Uh, so I recognize that this is tough. But maybe there's a way you can accomplish both security and preparation at the same time. Uh, things that you might consider having copies of family records that maybe are important to you? Uh, do you have a power of attorney or will? Uh, do you have copies of those identifying documents like a driver's license, like a passport? 
um, you know, not every tornado or not every disaster is going to be a tornado. Not every disaster is going to be uh, uh, destroying your home and your property and you'll never have your wallet again. But sometimes that is the case. And sometimes it's really tough to get home uh, and, and get that driver's license. And you need it to apply for disaster aid or, or you need it to get into your bank account after in a disaster and you don't have your wallet. So uh, I would make copies and whether they're in a fireproof lockbox, maybe a safety deposit box at a bank, and those are kind of going out of style. You don't hear about those a lot anymore. Uh, or maybe they're storing them uh, with a trusted caregiver, a trusted loved one, trusted being the emphasis there, of course. Uh, physical access, such as uh, door locks, garage locks, um, th those are really important things, not only for you to have and have backups to, but they need to be written in your plan. Where is that spare key kept? Uh, what's the passcode to get into this lock? You know, I, I've got a digital lock on my door with buttons, uh, which makes it really easy if, if I need someone to come check on me or, or care for me. Um, passwords. I, I, I know of a widow in Russellville right now. She, she unexpectedly lost her husband, very tragic, a couple of years ago. And of course, you're picking up the pieces of life, trying to figure it out. And one of the hardest things for her, which is getting into accounts, getting into email accounts and getting into online banking, um, things that really disturb our daily life that you don't think about often because, of course, you don't plan for that. Um, but, you know, a, a supplemental note here, uh, my, my bank makes me change my password every 90 days. It's a pain in the rear end. It's important. Um, but I'll be quite honest, I sometimes forget to go back and update my emergency plan uh, with, with those latest passwords. Uh, and that, that's, that I need to do better. I would, I would highly encourage you not to follow my example. Uh, to be mindful of keeping good records. Is this, a, is this a good part to, and I was thinking about this because I was thinking about the Ukraine people. Mm -hmm. If I don't have any checks and I only have a debit card and all the computers are down, how am I going to get my money out of the bank? <laughs> yeah, very tough. Um, and that's uh, coming up. We'll talk about why to have cash. Uh, anecdotally, I'll tell you, uh, I, I love severe weather. I'm a meteorologist. Uh, I, I love going to the plains when there's an open field and seeing a tornado, as long as it doesn't hurt anyone or, or anything, right? When I'm storm chasing, I carry cash, uh, which I, I realize I'm saying this on the internet and I'm making myself target. I carry cash because there's no guarantee there will be pumps that have that, that are connected of course they're mostly connected through the internet these days if you have a communication failure uh are you going to be able to refuel with just a debit card just a plastic uh, uh a card to swipe often as is the case sometimes those goes down go down and if you don't have cash you're in trouble uh so I, i'm not advising you to go pull your money out of the bank of course but enough to sustain you for a couple of days until uh, banking operations can can get back uh, to normal you think about relocation and evacuation. Sometimes 
uh, it's the government telling you, hey, you have to evacuate. I think of hurricane warnings, uh, mandatory evacuations there. Uh, sometimes it's um, uh, the water's rising on the river. You know, it could it could break flood stage tomorrow. I, I need to go ahead and, and, and move out of my home because I'm under that threat. Uh, for folks in, in parts of the River Valley, I think uh, I went to school at Arkansas Tech, so I'm acutely aware of, of Nuclear One. And, and we know that uh, the designated place to go to is, is Moralton. It's, it's east of, of Russellville there, east of Pope County. Uh, that's a predefined meeting place, a predetermined. I would highly recommend you think about where that is for you. And that could be different depending on what type of hazard. These are things that your plan needs to take into account. Uh, you know, if you have to cross a low water bridge to get out of the house and into town, uh, flooding may dictate that you have to consider something else, or it may dictate that you have to leave earlier. Whereas uh, severe weather or uh, some other type of emergency, you're not going to be as concerned about the water levels in the bridge. Things to consider. Uh, this is that predetermined meeting place. Now, when the children were small, we had a plan for everyone to get out of the house and meet under a certain tree. Yep. But now as adults, we were talking about this over the dinner table. We have kids scattered all over the country and we're trying to determine a place to meet. If we can't communicate, where do we go to get back together again? Yeah. And that does that fall under predetermined meeting places? It does. I, I would absolutely consider that. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you're at work, or or maybe you're out of town, and uh, something happens, and you can't get back home. You got some communication issues. Uh, where is that one place that we've talked about ahead of time that we're going to meet up? That uh, we are going to remember it, and it's going to be written in our plan. Uh, that's exactly what I would consider. Uh, I'm making notes. <laughs> You know, there, there of course, are some things to, to think about when evacuating or leaving. Uh, maybe you have a wheelchair. Maybe you have a walker. And, you know, it's not exactly just easy to, to get out. Uh, or you, Maybe you need assistance getting in the car. Maybe you can't drive. Uh, all these things are stuff you have to consider in, in ahead of time. You don't want to be making these decisions in the moment. Uh, when you're when you're under the pressure of a crisis or emergency, uh, we don't make good decisions generally when we have that pressure and it's mounting. So it's really important to be thinking of these things ahead of time and probably going and having uh, something in writing, something that your caregivers, your loved ones, or your neighbor knows about, uh, so they kind of have an idea of what to expect you to do. We talked a little bit about cash and banking. Uh, financial matters are a really important thing to consider. Uh, in, in, in your emergency plan. Of course, I don't have to be your insurance agent and tell you that you need to review your policies on a routine basis. Annual probably makes the most sense. Are your insurance policies up to date? Uh, has something changed in your life? Uh, did, have, has, even your insurance card, you know, do you have a copy of that with those vital documents? Did you change insurance providers? Um, you know, are you now in a flood zone and maybe you weren't before? Like, these are just things that just check up on. The answers probably often no, but it's a really good conversation to have because often when you think about, okay, what's changed in my life regarding my insurance? 
maybe nothing, but you think of something that has an unrelated matter, and you're able just to start that the thought process and brainstorm. Having an emergency fund is, is really so key. Uh, there are some staggering statistics that, that say most Americans are unprepared for a $400 emergency. They, they couldn't afford it. Uh, obviously, we, anyone knows we got to save and we have to be prepared. Uh, but you, you bring up Ukraine. You know, I, I think about the pandemic, not the early onset when things just shut down. felt really odd. It's something we don't deal with in our society a lot, uh, but there we, we just a lot of us lost income. It just ended there. Uh, you know, you, you perhaps have uh, river flooding like we did a few years ago that for some businesses meant they ceased operations instantly, and there was no compensation for those employees. Um, so having that emergency fund that can sustain you for whatever amount of time you determine necessary. I, I can tell you seven days is a good. A starting point for an emergency fund for something like this, but maybe for you it's four days. Uh, maybe you yeah you can skate by for for a little bit longer. So it really there's no one size fits all. Uh, I can mention a little bit earlier about the the widow who unexpectedly lost her her husband, and uh, while their marriage by all accounts was great, they were just an ideal picture perfect couple. But one of the things they did because they trusted each other so much. One of them was, wasn't listed on a credit card account, and it, it took almost an act of Congress in several months just to get her access to a credit card account that was in her husband's name. And uh, of course, these are small things that just really create big disruptions in our daily life. Uh, so doing a financial checkup is, is really advisable when you're making this plan. Hey, do I have all the people that I want on this account? Maybe there's someone you don't want on there. Uh, the things that you just don't want to take for granted that are easy to forget uh, until an emergency. For those of you listening, we hope you found this information helpful. On our next episode, we'll have more information on emergency preparedness. If this is your first time tuning in, be sure to subscribe to the show so you don't miss out on all the educational episodes we have planned. You can find all of the information about this episode and our social media handles in the show notes. I'd also like to invite you to leave a review or drop us a comment telling us what you'd like to see in the future. At agec.uams.edu, you'll be able to find free resources and programs that we offer. See you next time.